Kane and King. The Good Oil for Cobram Estate. Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil. Grown, harvested and first cold pressed in Northern Victoria. Riley Beveridge, you can see him on a Saturday night on the all-conquering round so far and now the final so far. You can also hear him with Cow Toomey on the Gettable Podcast and watch him on afl.com.au. He joins us. Riley, thanks for your time. Jay Kane, Jay Kingy, how are you going? Ross. Oh, right, it's a busy time and there seems to be new names popping up every day, at Riley. So let's work our way through a few of these in terms of the trade space. What's the latest with Harley Reid and is the new three-year contract that new draftees are required to sign mean that he's more likely to go to the Eagles now, do you think? Yeah, I think well, it obviously helps West Coast because it gives them three years to keep him um, and, and, and get him to a point where he feels comfortable over there. I mean, there's obviously pros and cons with this new three-year contract and the way it works out. And I know there's been a few queries as to whether or not uh, it makes it harder for clubs to negotiate that that first contract extension for the players that come on board. But Certainly from a West Coast perspective, I think they'll be looking at it and think, right, we've been a club that's had a good record for a long period of time now in retaining players that we bring over to Western Australia. Let's back ourselves to get him over here, get him over here for three years, show him the culture of the football club, hopefully start to get some things right. And then put faith in yourself that you can extend him beyond that going forward. So, mm. yeah, look, at the moment, I think I think West Coast is probably just biding their time, seeing what, what picks clubs will ultimately have throughout the trade period and whether or not they'll listen to offers. But... I think, I think it's going to take an offer that's probably too big for a club to get to to get up to pick one. So North Melbourne will try, a couple of other clubs will try, but at the moment I think that's where it most likely sits. Listen, Roel, so I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting dragged along week on week on week. 22nd of September today. When, at what point do you think that Ben Mackay will make a decision about which club <laughs> he's going to? It is, it is slightly unusual. I mean, he's obviously met with um, both clubs a number of times. He's done medicals. He's toured the facilities a number of times. So the fact he hasn't made a decision now, I think that, that points to the fact that there is real indecision in, in what he's going to actually make a call. So Essendon and Hawthorne, the two clubs now, well and truly in the mix for him after Sydney pulled their interest earlier this week, as Cal Toomey reported. So, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see. But the, the, the sort of byproduct of this is that the key defenders now, there's not many of them, and there's a lot of clubs that are looking for them. And they're starting to fall away. So Salva Radigalea is going to get to Port Adelaide. Friends at Thatch is going to get to Port Adelaide. And ben Mackay is really one of the last few key defenders that are still available on the market that, that makes you think that, geez, if, if Essendon or Hawthorne don't ultimately lure him, there's not, many, there's not too many plan B options out there. So I think these clubs are starting to get a bit concerned now and starting to get a bit impatient now and Maybe they'll hopefully get an answer by either today or early next week. So we've heard a, a lot of the, uh, say, lesser lights and been speculated in the trade period, which you can understand because they want opportunities and clubs looking to bolster the, their depth. But is there a big name? Like, is there a big name like a Horn Francis or someone going to bob up? And if so, who do you think would be most likely? Is it Bailey Smith? Is it another name we haven't spoken about? Well, it's interesting you mentioned Jason Horn francis there, Kane, because I was actually speaking to a club yesterday and we are both saying that at this point last year, no one knew that Horn francis was going to be on the move. It was still very much under wraps. It was still very much a, a, a work in progress behind Kane the scenes. Kane, 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 Kane was already onto it. I had his number 18 <laughs> waiting for yeah, him. he knew. <laughs> well, you could have let us know, Kane. <laughs> but, um, 
But, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. I think for a long time, as you mentioned, Bailey Smith was probably that player. But the fact it's been knocked on the head so emphatically, both by mm. Paul Connors, his manager, and then by Sam Powell, the Western Bulldogs list manager, who both came on Gettable in a couple of weeks to each other and both said the exact same thing and that he will definitely be at the Western Bulldogs next year. I just can't see that being the case anymore. I think the clubs that probably were sniffing around, Bailey Smith have probably resigned themselves to the fact that that deal's not happening. So... I mean, everyone I speak to sort of seems to think that it's going to be a trade period where a lot of players who are not necessarily the A-graders, but more so the role players looking for opportunities at other clubs, they're going to be the ones that populate this trade period. And I think that's probably the way it's going, unless there is a, a big contracted name that we haven't necessarily spoken about yet or thought about yet that is considering their future behind the scenes. At the moment, one's not coming forward, but we'll see. There's always twists and turns, and there's always surprises during the trade period, and there's still what, three or four weeks to go until that trade period closes. So anything could happen in that month's time. Talk to me about the uh, ruck merry-go-round. Where, where are these guys likely to drop them? It's a great time to be north of 195 centimetres in, in AFL footy, but where are, they, where are they all likely to get to? Any any leads? Well, it's surprising because, as you know, Kingy, if you lose a ruckman, you've got to get another one, even if they are a backup at your football club because there's so few of them around. So... We know Bryn Tickle was delisted uh, a couple of days ago by Port Adelaide. He'll have some interest purely because of the fact that there's so many on the move. So Jordan Sweet's requested a trade to Port Adelaide. Todd Goldstein's on his way out of North Melbourne. We think he probably gets to Essendon. Matt Flynn at the Giants is someone that's been looked at by West Coast. They've had an interest in him for quite some time. We know Brody Grundy goes to Sydney, but the byproduct of that is does that, does that mean Melbourne necessarily need another one? Mm. Uh, North Melbourne are after a... a, a an experienced ruck to, to look after the void that Todd Goldstein's going to leave. So there's plenty in that space. There, there always is. And I'm starting to get a sense from clubs. We mentioned the key defenders before and how few of them there are in this year's trade period. I'm starting to get a sense from clubs that key defenders are starting to follow that sort of mould in the sense that if you lose one, you need another one. So they're always on the move. So I think that's probably the two types of player we'll see uh, move club most during this trade period, key defenders and ruckmen. But yeah, it's going to be, it's always busy for the rucks. It's, it's one of the hardest positions to recruit purely because there are so few of them and, and you always need them. So they take up a lot of time, the rucks, and, uh, and when they do want to search for opportunity, they ultimately probably leave the club to draft them. That's what you see most. So yeah, it's going to be a few clubs. I think the Western Bulldogs, Port Adelaide, obviously, West Coast, North Melbourne, GWS, if they, if they do lose Matt Flynn, they're the type of clubs that'll be after ruckmen this trade period. What about Big Ivan Solder? I don't mind him. Is he on the move? Yeah, I think he will be. He's contracted for next year at Richmond, but obviously he assessed his options last year. He had a medical at GWS. He's from Canberra, so that move made a bit of sense at the time. But ultimately, I think Richmond's thinking was just, well, he's got two years left on his deal, so why would we let him go? We, we sort of need this depth in the ruck position. So I think with one fewer year left in his contract, he might be he might be on the lookout again. Port Adelaide's obviously a club that's keen there to... They've got a commitment from Jordan Sweet, but I'd like another one, which, again, probably leaves Scotty, Scotty Lysette's future a bit up in the air. North Melbourne's a club that's had a, a sniff around him in the past couple of weeks. So, yeah, I think Ivan Soldo probably does get a move this trade period. Uh, Sydney were keen, but they've obviously uh, concentrated all of their attentions now towards Brody Grundy. Geelong's another club that's been on the lookout a little bit around Ivan Soldo in the past. But I think Port Adelaide learns is his most likely destination at the moment if they can force Richmond's hand and get him out of there because he is obviously contracted for next season. Now, the Riley Sanders situation, does this mean with the AFL ruling that he's uh, NGA um, linked to the Kangaroos that if a club now 
takes him inside pick 40, then they cannot match. Is that is that the case? Yeah, that's correct. That's a rule that the AFL's brought in over the last couple of years, and we saw it, obviously. Probably the most notable example was Mac Andrew, who was tied to Melbourne's Next Generation Academy, but... Um, but obviously they couldn't match a bid on him when he was taken by Gold Coast because he was a top five pick. So that's the same case with North Melbourne here. It doesn't, it's sort of, it's an interesting one in the sense that he's tied now to North Next Generation Academy, but it is rather irrelevant for the time being unless North Melbourne does get access either to match a bid on him earlier or pre-list him, which over the last couple of days, Cal Toomey reported this on Gettable earlier this week, but it's starting to look less and less likely that that will be the case. Now, North Melbourne can still take him. I mean, if they get pick three for Ben Mackay, they... Why would you bother, Riley? Why, why would you bother with an, with an academy investment of four to five years in these young kids if the first look you get at them is the third round? So you want them to be stars, but not so good that they get taken in the first 40 players because you won't get them, yet you've got to put five years' worth of work in them, plus five plus years into them. I, I just think it's crazy. I still think there's a lot of benefits in it in terms of a lot of players have gone to lists as Cat B rookies through Next Generation Academies. It makes them eligible as Cat rookies. So these types of players who might not have got their way on AFL lists had they not been tied to Next Generation Academies basically become a free hit for clubs who can then take them onto Cat B. So it, it, as you mentioned, like, is it worth the investment for these guys to go early? I mean, clubs might be thinking no, but... In terms of the other guys, it's worth the investment in terms of maybe you find a winner later down the line. Um, you look at Tankworth Jass at Hawthorne, who was an exchange code player, put onto their rookie list, obviously, and now he's become a real player for them. He's a, a, actually an interesting story because they're probably going to miss out on access to his brother, Tao Jass, who's coming to the draft this year because he now looks like a top 40 pick and he probably won't find his way to Hawthorne because they won't be able to match a bid on him. But it goes both ways in the sense that sometimes you can get a free hit on these kids that you put time and investment into and they can go onto your list for nothing as a Cat B rookie if they don't make it through the system and they get another top couple of years on an AFL list. But, yeah, for the guys that go early, it it is a different story. I do agree there. All right. We've uh, got a few texts coming through for you. Last one. You've done well to hide the fact that you're a a passionate Blues supporter. How are you feeling? (laughs) and make a case as to how they can knock off Brisbane? Uh, It's going to be difficult. Uh, It's going to be incredibly difficult. I think if they're going to win, with Jack Payne being out of the side, they've got to overpower him in the air. It's got to be up to Charlie Kerno. Payne got coaches votes. He got eight coaches votes the last time he played on Charlie Kerno. Mm. Five in-step marks himself. So you'd think Andrews goes to Mackay, but does it allow Kerno to get off the chain with Darcy Gardner playing on him a little bit? Tom DeConing didn't play the last time these two sides met. Jack Martin didn't play the last two times Ooh. these sides met. So Ooh. maybe that's how they beat him, in the air. All right. It's a pretty good case that you make. Hey, uh, I'll see you on Saturday night. Hopefully you're in a good mood, and uh, it'll be the last <laughs> round so far. See you then. Appreciate the update. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, Keith. Check him out on afl.com.au. That was a good all for Cobham Estate, Australia's most awarded yeah. extra virgin olive oil grown harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. So, see, I watch your show every week. I love it, Saturday nights. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of lone time now with the intro off the top. He just wants the one yeah, solo, a bit, a bit solo, of me time, he, he, a lot of me time. Oh, yeah. A, an of, extraordinary I mean, amount of me and time. And he just says, just, you just wait, I'm just going to record the opener. Yes. And it just seems to be getting longer Goes for a minute and, and a half. longer and longer every week. You know what? Next Friday, we're going to play his intro. He's going to be our <laughs> bit of feedback at six. It's going to be that off the top. <laughs> All right. A lot of we'll me give time. You our-
predictions uh, on the other side of this. We'll wrap things up before we hand it over to Adam White, who's in for the captain's run. Looking forward to Whitey's debut on the captain's run as well after 9 o'clock. Back after this.